Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to choose between paying a bill and paying for your healthcare? I have, and chances are you might have too. Despite having a world-class universal healthcare system, there are still cracks where people miss out on healthcare. I'm Kat Clay, and here to fill in the gaps are Associates Annika Stobart and Linda Lin, co-authors of the latest health report, Not So Universal, How to Reduce Out-of-Pocket Healthcare Payments. Welcome, Annika and Linda. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. So, Linda, I want to start with you, and it's your first time on the podcast, so welcome to you. What are out-of-pockets and what do they mean for the average patient? So, nearly every Australian uses some part of our health system every year whether it's going to the GP, getting a prescription filled, or seeing a specialist. But despite having a universal healthcare system, we often still pay for some of these services out of our own pockets. So the out-of-pocket payment is the gap between the government rebate for a Medicare-funded service and the fee charged by the health provider. Often services can be bulk billed, which means that the patient faces no out-of-pocket cost because the government has covered the entirety of the cost. Say, for example, you go to your GP for a regular checkup, and then they refer you to a specialist. Now, your GP might most likely will be bulk billed, but the specialist might charge a fee that is above the scheduled fee. This means that you will need to pay for the gap between the scheduled fee and the charge fee, and this is your out-of-pocket payment. I mean, Linda, we've got universal health care, and it is pretty great. I mean, I've lived in other countries, and Medicare is a really great system. So why are out-of-pocket costs such an issue? So a lot of the health services that people receive outside of a hospital are bulk billed, but bulk billing rates specifically for specialists and uh, health services are still far too low. And the out-of-pocket payments associated with these uh, services can be prohibitively high. And when we look more broadly at the international level, compared to other OECD countries that are similar to Australia, we as a nation rely more on people to pay out of pocket for healthcare. Over a million Australians spend more than $1,000 each year on services and medications that are provided outside of hospitals. And I think most concerningly is that these costs are actually rising and have been increasing on average by 50% in real terms over the last decade. And while One-off, smaller out-of-pocket payments can be affordable for some people, for people with less disposable income or savings, or people who have ongoing healthcare costs, they can really struggle to pay for care. And last year, around 400,000 Australians missed or delayed seeing a GP at least once because of cost, and about 500,000 missed or delayed seeing a specialist because of cost. And similarly, when we look at um, prescriptions, nearly half a million people skipped or missed out picking up prescriptions because of cost. And what we found in our research is that unfortunately, it is the people who need the most healthcare. So the people who are on lower income and people who are chronically ill are missing out on care the most. And people with chronic conditions are likely to have ongoing health needs that are likely to incur more costs, particularly if they have multiple chronic conditions. And at the same time, they're also less likely to be able to afford their ongoing care because their condition might make it difficult for them to keep or maintain a job. And women in particular are more likely to have a chronic condition and as a result, miss out on care. People with lower incomes, especially younger people, are also likely to have less savings and as a result are disproportionately affected by out-of-pocket costs. I mean, Linda, this reminds me very much of when my husband needed to get a diagnosis for something and it 
cost us $1,500 out of pocket to find out and confirm results that essentially had come out of a blood test. And that could be so prohibitively expensive to some people. I can imagine what it would be like not getting a diagnosis for a condition because you just can't afford to get the test done. It leads me to this question, and I think maybe I've potentially answered a little bit of it myself, but what is driving these high rates of people skipping specialist healthcare because of the cost? Public outpatient clinics that provide diagnostic services, like you mentioned, are mostly bulk-built when they provide insert in the hospital. But often in the uh, public sector, they have really long wait times. And this would drive some people into looking for care in the private sector, which will be more expensive for them. As I mentioned previously, we found that for some specialties, um, and not uncommon ones either, there are really low bulk billing rates, which means that there are fewer options for people for affordable care. There's significant variation in how much specialists charge for their services. And in some uh, specialties like dermatology, up to 70% of the doctors are charging more than double the scheduled fee. This only widens the gap between what the patient has to pay out of pocket. Annika, I mean, this isn't just the only thing that's unaffordable for Australians. What are some of the other healthcare services that are prohibitive? Prescription costs are a big one for many Australians. Nearly everyone heads to the pharmacy for prescription medicine every year. Uh, in total, we spend $3 billion on uh, pharmaceutical benefits scheme listed medications. So on average, Australians are paying about $80 per person per year, but some are paying up to $400 a year. And this is particularly for people who are have chronic illnesses, uh, who have ongoing medications. While Australia does have a world-renowned pharmaceutical benefit scheme, which is where the government subsidises the cost of medications, there are still these costs that people have to face. And we do have a system actually where the cost can be lower for people who are less able to afford it. So if you have a concession card status of some kind, it can make the medication cheaper. But for those that aren't entitled to these concession cards and who are on lower incomes and have chronic conditions, it can be particularly difficult to afford the medications they need which is contributing to the high rates of skipping medication because of cost. Another one is allied healthcare. So this is where you go and see a physio or a psychologist. The way it works in Australia is you are entitled to these subsidised services uh, through a chronic disease management plan or a mental health care plan where you can get a certain amount of services uh, per year subsidised by the government. But these can be really expensive. So people usually need multiple sessions for allied healthcare, so the costs can add up. And the bulk billing rates for these services are quite low, particularly for psychologists. So we see a lot of people, about 17% of people needing to see a psychologist, skipping it because of cost. On top of this, a lot of the allied health services that people use aren't even subsidised by Medicare. And this is the final one I will mention as well is diagnostic services. So this is pathology or like a blood test or getting a scan. So pathology out-of-pockets are quite low. Most of these services are bulk billed, but diagnostic imaging like an ultrasound can still be really expensive for people. And I mean, tapping back to that point about allied health, I mean, if you've got an ongoing mental health condition, if you're recovering from an injury that requires rehabilitation, these are costs that add up very quickly and certainly um, they're not costs that are cheap, uh, even if you do have private health insurance that will cover some of that cost as well. 
Annika, why is this a health system reform priority and what can be done to address the issues here? There are consequences if people miss care because of cost. It means that your issue can get worse over time and that can lead to further pressure on the health system when you, you need more care later on. Also, just for yourself, it, it's, it makes Australians sicker. So it's really important that we actually reduce these financial barriers for, for accessing healthcare because it, everyone's worse off otherwise. One of the things that comes to mind, I mean, you mentioned dermatology before. I can imagine that someone doesn't or can't afford to get checked out by a dermatologist and potentially has a skin cancer you know, something that could have got excised and treated early continues to grow and affect the human body and could lead to very serious complications down the track. And I mean, you could come up with a thousand stories that are similar with other specialists, people choosing not to go and their health getting worse as a result. What can governments here do in order to alleviate these and reform the system here? There is lots the government can do. In fact, we have a number of recommendations in our report outlining what the federal government can do in particular. Each of the recommendations are targeted different service types. So, for example, with specialist care, getting the cost down of specialists, we have a recommendation that state governments expand the outpatient services to reduce wait times that Linda was mentioning earlier, and that the federal government provide more bulk billed specialist services because the rates are so low. The federal Government should be particularly targeting lower socioeconomic areas as well as areas where there are lower bulk billing rates. Another thing the government can do is actually reduce the number of referrals to specialists that GPs make. And we can do this by actually having a way to fund specialists providing advice directly to GPs over the phone. And then that will reduce the potential out of pocket that that patient would have faced if they'd gone to see the specialist. Another recommendation to cut pharmaceutical costs, particularly for people with chronic conditions, we recommend that the government lower the co-payment that people make for medications for those that are on multiple prescriptions. Another one to address uh, out-of-pockets for allied healthcare, we recommend that the government should actually change the way that it funds these services and fund them instead through a tender-based scheme using its buying power to reduce the fees that providers charge for these services. And lastly, to address the out-of-pockets for diagnostic services and radiotherapy as well, we recommend that these be also directly funded by the government through a commercial tender. So Annika, it literally is the million-dollar question and it often comes up with the health team because you love big reform and that's the money question. Giving people more free healthcare isn't actually free. Someone's got to pay for it. So who pays here? Luckily, we've actually identified a lot of ways that the government can reduce out-of-pockets while also not having to front up that and take on that cost themselves. So we actually do this by having these recommendations that improve efficiency of care and quality of care at the same time. So what the government invests, they actually end up getting better outcomes for patients. So a lot of our recommendations are therefore close to cost neutral. Uh, some have costs, so in total we recommend that the government spend an additional $710 million per year, but we estimate that this could bring down costs for Australians by about $1 billion in out-of-pockets per year. So we think it's a healthy uh, return on investment. I mean, my, my particular favourite recommendation oh, yeah? 
particularly because I am a lover of technology and how it can actually assist us in the public sector, it was the AI assessments of prescription data. And I thought that was a really ingenious recommendation and something that could, you know, save a lot of time and money. So if you'd like to read more of those excellent recommendations and find out more about how Annika and Linda arrived at these conclusions alongside Stephen Duckett in their new report, it's all available for free on our website at grattan.edu.au. We are a not-for-profit organisation and all our research is available for free on our website. So if you do enjoy our podcast and our research throughout the year, please consider becoming a regular donor at grattan.edu.au forward slash donate. And if you want to chat to us more about this particular topic or anything policy related, find us on Twitter at Grattan Inst and all other social media at Grattan Institute. As always, please take care and thanks so much for listening.